Welcome back to the Man to Man podcast. I am Trayvon. It's been a while since you've heard our voices. And with me, as always, you know who it is, Kelvin Dooley. It's been a, it's been about four shows since we've been on, but uh, you know you're always going to get me and Kelvin back together. How you doing today, Kelvin? Yeah, back like we never left. I'm doing all right. It's Tuesday. I will one day closer to Friday. I'm already looking forward to Friday, man. So, <laughs> you know, here we are again. Monday was that bad this week? Not, not that it was bad, but I, I went home to Kansas City. I had a good weekend. Uh, there's no place like home. So just to go home, um, you know, my business never lasts long enough. Not that I'm going back this weekend, but I just wasn't in the the mindset to return to work. So I got to get through the mesh that is work. And then when Friday comes, I'll be a happy man. There you go. There you go. All right. Well. We are back, and we're going to talk a lot about the NBA. We missed our, uh, with, with all the stuff that's happened in the past like week and a half, we missed our NBA preview. So we're going to talk a lot of NBA today. Today We're going to cover a couple of series uh, more specifically, uh, but we are going to do a roundup of just every playoff series and what we've missed so far uh, with a little NFL draft discussion mixed in since that is happening Thursday night. Uh, beginning on Thursday, and we'll go on throughout the weekend. So, a lot of NBA with a little discussion on top of it. As for national holidays, Kelvin, uh, today, the big one to me is National Pretzel Day, and the obvious question, are you a pretzel guy? Do you like a pretzel? And if so, when is your, let's say, like, ideal time to to have a pretzel? Is there, like, a specific scenario uh, or place you want to be when you're snacking on a pretzel? Yeah, I'm just going to spare you the talk. I do not like pretzels. Never oh. did. I think pretzels with cheese is utterly disgusting. Oh, my and, uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a pretzel guy. <laughs> this, man, this man is coming with the hot takes to begin the show. Nope. That is crazy. That is crazy. I did not. I would have never guessed uh, that you were not a pretzel guy. I would say, I would say my ideal time for a pretzel is like, like a like a fair type of thing. I'm not I'm not huge on them at a ball game. I'd rather have nachos or a hot dog at a ball game. Um, but like if I'm at like a fair or something, some kind of state fair, county fair type of thing, where there's like roller coasters and and you know other stuff going on, I'll, I'll have me a pretzel. That that's usually when I have a pretzel. But ball games, I like my hot dogs and nachos. But I, I love me a pretzel, man. I cannot believe Kelvin is not a pretzel guy. I am not a pretzel guy. I'm more of a, a right up your alley in terms of the fairs and amusement parks. I'm more of a funnel cake guy. I love funnel me some cake funnel cake. Yes. Yeah, that's that's my ideal snack. Opposed to a pretzel. I, I just could never – I can get with, like, the hard bagged pretzels. Okay. Uh, but that's few and far in between. But the okay. large, you know, looped heart-shaped pretzels, I, I'll pass. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and I'm with you on the funnel cake. So I, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to take a funnel cake first. But yes. then my next snack is probably going to be a, a pretzel with some cheese, man. Salt and cheese. And oh, honestly, you don't even have to do the salt and cheese. If you want a, a sweet pretzel, you know, you can do the cinnamon sugar on your pretzel. I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it both ways. I love pretzels. Um, but, but funnel cakes definitely get precedence over the pretzel. Yes. Uh, last two here. 
kind of random. Uh, Richter scale day. Uh, Kelvin, do you know what the Richter scale is? I do. I was looking at this yesterday because I, I, I do have this fascination with earthquakes and really almost all natural disasters. Uh-huh. I'm looking up the strongest earthquake to ever shake the state of Missouri. Um, the last, the strongest earthquake to ever uh, come through Missouri was in 1811, if I got my facts correct. Okay. Wow. According to the Richter scale. Yeah, random random uh, fact here. Um, I think Oklahoma, they aren't big ones, but I think Oklahoma has the most earthquakes, or at least the last time I knew, the last time I was in Oklahoma and, and was aware of it, they had the most earthquakes of any state in the United States. But they're a bunch of little bitty ones, and it's and they're and they're man-made earthquakes because of like all of the uh, drilling for oil that happens in Oklahoma, and so uh, because of the drilling for oil, they cause earthquakes. A bunch of small ones, like I said, it's nothing like the earthquakes you see on California's coast and, and the craziness of those. Are- it has a crap ton. More, more research on on man-made earthquakes. That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't yeah. sound. No, it's because of like the just all the work they're doing drilling into the ground it ends up causing an earthquake it's all it's not like immediate it's not like they're causing it just from what they're doing right then but like uh anyways i I don't know how all the science works but eventually it leads to these earthquakes that are very small and man-made but they happen all the time in oklahoma so um anyhow a little little interesting we both brought some brought some history there on the on the earthquake uh, yeah. holiday. So Richter Scale Day, so obviously celebrating the man who created the Richter Scale, measuring the size of earthquakes. So that'll wrap it up. The last one was Help a Horse Day. This was just talking about taking care of horses. So pets, if you got a horse, if you got animals, uh, all that one was was just you know Help a Horse Day. Um, you know, take care of your animals properly, type of thing. So. That'll wrap us on the national holidays. And before, I think the thing I missed the most, Kelvin, before we get into the show, we got to have a moment of do. Mm. Nothing better than a, than your first taste of Mountain Dew of the whole day. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's your first do of the day? It is. And I wow. honestly... I'm surprised too, since I got up early this morning to go to the golf course, um, and, and do and do my do some work at the golf course. I started my day with uh, a Mountain Dew energy drink, so it's not a straight Mountain Dew. It does obviously it's made by Mountain Dew, but it's one of their Mountain Dew energy drinks. Um, anyways, it wasn't a straight Mountain Dew. It tastes a little different. So that's my first drink of straight Mountain Dew. <laughs> gotcha. Straight caffeine, straight sugar, you know that type of thing. All right, let's get it started. Uh, let's start here with the NBA playoffs, Kelvin. One series is over, said, and done before we could even talk about it. And I got to tell you, it took me by surprise. Did you see Boston sweeping Brooklyn in the first round? No, not a sweep. Not by any stretch could I imagine a Kevin Durant-led team uh, being swept in the playoffs. Um, and it's just saying that out loud is still shocking. Yeah. Um, but I won't. I won't choose this time to dismantle the Nets because I did choose choose to come out of the East. Poor me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just give credit to the Celtics. I mean, that it truly is night and day. The Celtics in the regular season. Well, let me not say night and day. 
they really upped their game two levels. How they finished the regular season, which they they finished really strongly, and then how they just took it to a new level against. I, I can care less about their chemistry and cohesion, the Nets. They still yeah. have two certified bucket getters, and they Absolutely. up their level to match it and then, you know, surpass past that to go for a sweep. That's credit to the Celtics. Yep, I agree 100%. Um, they've upped their game. They are scary. They play, they've played very good basketball um, as of late for the last, what, two months or more? Um, probably two months at least, though. They've really upped their game. Um, They're playing great basketball, and props to them. As for the Nets, like you said, you 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 know with with the chemistry and cohesion, because you you knew in the back of your mind what I was going to come back to, and you're right. Um, Despite the chemistry and cohesion, you have two of the best bucket getters in the game. Um, I think just the lack of depth and the lack of playing together for more than like what uh, the last month since Kyrie's been able to play full full-time outside of, like, Toronto. So, yeah, I, I think all of that mixed in is the reason they got swept. I didn't see it happening. I would have been close to picking them to win this series. Uh, we never talked about it. I never put a lot of thought into it because we hadn't talked about it. But I think I might have picked them to win this series. I probably would have. And I certainly, even if I picked Boston, I certainly would have never seen, seen a sweep coming. So, I think just the mixture of those guys not getting a lot of playtime the Celtics have played much better than, than they did the first, you know, six months of the season. Um, so just with the mixture of chemistry and and not getting to uh, – or in the Celtics upping their game, I just think a, a mixture of that along with lack of depth in Brooklyn, I think that just got to them in this series, and that's why they got, that's why they got swept. So surprise to me. Um, but, you know, not, not to say I didn't mention it because I did not see these guys getting out of the series – getting out of the East – I thought it was a tough conference, and I thought that they needed a little more uh, just cohesion uh, amongst each other coming into a, a tough conference, a tough playoff uh, series. So with that, Kelvin, let's uh, let's go to Toronto, Philadelphia. Um, real quick, just uh, is there any shot Philadelphia ends this tomorrow night in game six in Toronto? This one, this one is a little baffling as well, in the sense that the Philly clearly just dominated the Raptors the first three games in the series. What's baffling is now that it's three-two, and then you add in a ligament torn, uh, ligaments in the thumb for Joel Embiid, and Harden is not up to his level of play. Uh, here we have Doc Rivers again with another three-one lead, and we're one game away from a game seven. That will in this game six will be in Toronto. It's this one. I'm a little fearful for Philly. Okay, and I had this as my dark horse. I I don't know if you can. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey can carry you through a first round series. James Harden can. I just haven't. I don't know. Like there's a APP, ABB, whatever they call it. He has to up his play. I, this one, I'm fearful. I don't know what I, they they can end it. I don't think they will. I think we do get a game seven. Wow. See, I, I think I'm with you. I think I think Toronto has done enough. We're going to talk about it more later in the show, actually to wrap up the show. Um, but so I don't want to get into this too much. But I think I think Toronto's already kind of overcame the adversity that they've been faced in this series. So I I think I think it's only looking up for them from here. Now that's not to say that Philly can't 
go ahead and win the series in six or in seven. Uh, but I, I think I'm with you. I think I think Toronto at least forces Game Seven. I, I think at home, back at home, I don't see how they can't um, at least win one more. Because, like I said, I think they've already kind of overcame that adversity they've been faced with throughout the first five games. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think this one goes on to seven. Up next, the Mavericks dominated last night against the Utah Jazz. Luca in his second game in the playoffs. A uh, much better game than his first game in the playoffs, uh, which was in game four. Uh, game five, they dominate. Luka has a great game. Uh, what have we seen so far in this series uh, with Luka only having played the last two games for Dallas? Well, he was he was brilliant last night. I was watching this game. He was brilliant last night in the third quarter, yes. I think. I think he had 19 points in the third quarter. Uh, and they were up 25 at that point. And, you know, he was making the rain, you know, shimmying. On the Utah Jazz, I will focus on the Mavericks because it's Luka led, it's Luka dominated, and when he's on, I mean he's really on. He's 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 never gotten out of the first round, but he's spectacular in the first round. Uh, we have evidence to show that he he, he balls out. He he has the fortune of running into a Utah Jazz team who I will focus on. If I'm the Utah Jazz, I am I'm calling other teams. Someone has to go. He's either go Bear or Donovan Mitchell. That's it. Okay, so I take it. I take it just from that statement right there that you expect Dallas to close this one out in six games. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Okay. And and Donovan Mitchell got hurt in the fourth quarter yesterday, uh, and, and after that moment, they were already trailing. I tuned out after that. He got he had a hamstring injury. There's nothing to play with. That's a soft tissue tissue injury. They're done. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're done as well. Um, you know, Dallas was even up two one without Luca. Um, since they they went one and one in, in their last two games, um, so you know I, I think Dallas has really kind of done 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 well uh, in this series. You know even minus Luca, I think um, the more Luca is in is in and playing in the playoffs, I think the more dangerous this team gets in the Western Conference. Um, I'm not I'm not going to look ahead too much to the next series, but I think this team played very well. Jalen Brunson did a great job with when Luca was out. Um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie did a great job at the guard position when when Luca was out. So I think those two guards, I think their depth at the guard position is very good, and I think this team is poses a threat to their next match, their next round matchup, whoever that ends up being. So um, I'm with you though. Game six, I think uh, Dallas will end this series. Yeah, and just quickly on on Cuban and his front office, they've done a good great job over the last five seasons. Four since Don uh, Doncic's um, interest into the league of building the team around him and making sure that there's quality players, not just role players, but quality players. Dan Woody is a quality player. He's a year yes. removed from ACL injury. I think he's just gaining his confidence back. Jalen Bronson, who I remember watching him at Villanova, uh, just to certify a baller, just, he just knows how to play basketball. Yes, he has some, he has some CP three in him, and just, he, he just runs the game and he won't turn the ball over which is all you can ask from a point guard traditionally or even in today's game. Oh, by the way, he can get you 40 like he did in the game three uh, every now and then. Um, yeah, There's just quality pieces around him. So when Donches was out, regardless of who they're facing, it, they, you know, they picked up the slack and they made things happen in his absence. Yep. yep. And you were talking about the Jazz needing to pick up the phone uh, and, and start calling some other teams to, to ship something. 
ship hey, someone out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip the opposite with Dallas. They need to hit ignore on the cell phone because Jalen Brunson is good enough to be a starter somewhere, and they need to be hitting ignore every time they get a phone call because someone's going to be calling asking for him uh, because I think he could be a starter anywhere else in the league right now. Well, I'm not going to say any. You know, there, there's other teams with, with good point guards, but anybody who's looking for a point guard should be calling for Jalen Brunson because I think he's good enough to start right now. Yeah, and he's still young. He's going to get paid because he's earned it just with this his play uh, this season. Um, look, I, he, I'm sure he's outside of the Lakers, you know, salary cap. But he, I think he would make a great Laker alongside of a LeBron James. Okay. I think he'd be a phenomenal Laker. Okay. Uh, next one I got on the docket here. We got Miami up 3-1 on Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta was down 2-0, came back, made it 2-1. But now they're back uh, facing elimination because Miami won game five or game four to make it 3-1. Game five is tonight. Uh, can Miami end the series tonight, or does Atlanta hang around for one more game? Bill, they'll end it tonight. Um, okay. To the opposite of Luka and the Mavs, I actually think the Hawks possess quality players as well. I just don't think they're a good fit on, alongside of Trey Young. We can finally admit it. Last year was an admiration. Like that run that they made, it takes a great deal of luck to make deep postseason runs. They were fortunate to have some luck. Some, you know, some the ball bounced away plentiful of times last year. That's not the case this season. They're just not as talented as we all thought they were. And they possess quality players. It is tonight. Jimmy Butler um, has probably been the best player in the postseason. One of, like him and Giannis, will probably be my top two. If the postseason ended today, it would probably be Giannis and Jimmy Butler. They ended tonight. I mean, the Hawks just aren't as good. And, I, I don't know about you, TV. I would like to hear your opinion. I don't know if Trey Young can be your best player on the championship team. He's a phenomenal number two. I don't know if he's a number one. I don't know if he's Curry. I think it may take a little bit more time for him to ascend to that level. They okay. need another player. I think, I think I can agree with that. So I think at his age right now, I think that's probably a point that, that could be made or a case that could be made. And I think I can get behind that. Do I want to? No, not really. Because the bias part of me wants to believe he is a number one and, and can be, but maybe not yet. Um, and, and here's how I'm going to defend the Hawks. I'm not going to go on, on some crazy rant here to, to try and defend them. But I do think it's worth noting that maybe, and, and this is kind of something new. I've never said anything like this, uh, but maybe – this is just the whole team kind of hit a sophomore slump this year. Because if you think about it, all of these guys, especially the five starters, uh, Trey Young, Clint Capella, um, uh, John Collins, Bogdanovich. Yeah, I mean, so those five, uh, even Kevin Herter, guys coming off the bench, last year was their first real run in a playoff other than Capella with the Rockets, I think, once. Uh, I think he did that one season with the Rockets. Other than that, this was everyone's first run at the playoffs last year. So maybe they kind of hit a sophomore slump this year. And if you notice, they were nowhere near the playoffs uh, at at the midway point of the season. And they kind of went on a surge in the second half. They got into the play-in tournament. They won the play-in games to actually make the playoffs. Um, they picked up some steam. So I'll, I'll defend them in that sense that, that maybe they were just kind of in a sophomore slump to start this year, but 
regardless, I'm with you. You need another weapon, whether that becomes a new number one and Trey Young becomes your number two, or whether you need someone who's a little more likely to compliment uh, him as a number two. You need someone else. So I'm with you. I think uh, I think they need someone else, whether that is someone to jump Trey Young as the number one or to compliment him. Either way, I think Atlanta needs another weapon and – I'm going to say they win tonight. Why not? I'm going to, I'm going to say they win tonight and at least force a game six. Um, I think they've got it in them to win a second game. So we'll see. Um, but like you said, Miami is definitely the better team. They win this series. Uh, if Atlanta wins another game, they only win one more. I, I don't see them uh, forcing game seven at all. Yeah, no, a, a good team Atlanta is, but good will probably be their ceiling just this season. I can't explain what – what the hell went wrong with the Hawks after that? Excuse me, that run last year. Yeah, um, just I'm just throwing things out here. Kevin Durant with the Trey Young would be phenomenal. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. You know that that sounds wild, but he has jumped shit before. Kevin Durant yeah. is an odd guy. I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I just wouldn't cut out Atlanta now. Maybe, maybe not. But KD with the Trey Young. Um, I I don't foresee Trey Young being traded by any stretch. I think any shooting guard, the likes of Trey Young, would be a perfect fit next to LeBron um, in the Lakers. Just any guard that can shoot the ball like that, you know, would be a great yeah. fit. But, yeah, agreed. just throwing that thing. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah, heck, you, you never know, honestly, in this day and age in basketball. Russell Westbrook's played for four different teams in four years, right? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Um, it's crazy, crazy. Um, Tom, you never know who's going where. So, um, but I do, I do think Atlanta needs that, that extra piece up next wolves, Grizzlies. They're tied at two, the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. That is tied at two. Uh, who has the advantage to you and the rest of the series? I feel like this has been a pretty back and forth neck and neck series. You got some young talent. Uh, who do you think has the advantage moving forward, uh, for, for the rest of the series? Yeah. So I thought this would be a great series heading into it. It's turned out to be that through four games. Advantage Memphis. They still have the best player on the court. Okay. Uh, they're handed, you know, he's receiving awards and by best player, John Morant. Uh, they were heading home for a game five. Um, you know, I, I like Minnesota. I like what they have built. Talk about a franchise that have just gradually built, built and built, made their mistakes, continue to build, continue to build. They're in prime position to make a run later uh, in the future. Right now, though, I, I – I, I, I just question if they have enough. Like, I flip-flop too often on their top three players, Russell, Cat, and um, Anthony Edwards. I got yes. the Grizzlies tonight, and I think they got the advantage. At home, after receiving MIP, most improved player in John Moran, mm -hmm. I, I got the uh, – I almost said Jazz. I got the Grizzlies. Okay. I think I think advantage goes to the Grizzlies the rest of the way, too. Um, I think th they remind me of the Hawks of last year uh, to an extent. Young – athletic they can fly um they're they're quick up and down the court they don't mess around desmond bain has been great this year along with many other young dylan brooks uh for, for the grizzlies just many other young guys that can get it done they can fill it up um i like this team a lot i think they have the advantage as well i like the grizzlies like you said i think their big three is probably stronger than memphis's big three maybe not but i would say i think it is um, just with Cat and Anthony Edwards, and then when you add D'Angelo Russell, I think I like their big three better. Um, but just the Grizzlies, like I already mentioned, this they're so deep, they're so fast, they're so young. 
um, outside of Jonas Valanciunas, their big man. Uh, sorry, he's in New Orleans now. Yeah, I mean, literally, um, the the Grizzlies are just so young and so quick. I think, I think they have the advantage the rest of the way, especially in a series that looks like it's going to go seven games. I'll take the young kids uh, who are, who just fly up and down the floor. Um, but again, nothing against the Timberwolves. Um, I, I think I think they are right there with them. I think this series probably ends up going seven. But question for fun: uh, Whose dad has been more entertaining in the little John ja Morant, John ja Morant's dad versus Carl Anthony Towns' dad? I'm assuming you've seen these videos. I have. I I won't. <laughs> I won't choose the father who's been more entertaining. I think they've both been great. Uh, I I love to see interaction like that on the floor. That's pretty cool. Uh, whereas I don't know, I don't know how many, you know, little league AAU night hoops events you've gone to. I see a lot of fathers fighting opposed to hugging and clapping and stepping their feet uh, for both okay. teams. Like both parents have been doing, you know, laughing and having a good time, enjoying yeah. uh, the competition that both of their sons are doing. So, um, I've seen to go a lot of other ways opposed to how great it's going between those two young men. I won't choose not, not young men. Oh, geez. I won't choose who's been the better. Uh, of course, I dad, but I go with both. Okay, um, I think Lavar Ball might have changed NBA forever uh, when he kind of got because you know he's the he was the first dad we really saw get vocal um, and get the media you know the cameras on him you know and the talking he was on shows of course these guys haven't I don't I don't know that they've sat down with anyone for a, a show um, but they've gotten interviewed courtside you know stands uh, during the game so. Uh, they've been entertaining, like you said, and it just makes for a, a fun extra element to to the NBA playoffs. You know, it's all, it's always fun seeing these guys, like you said, go back and forth and have fun with it. Uh, and, and obviously, opposite of of what you were talking about, you know, fighting or or whatever, it ends up being in an AAU game or something. So yeah, and what I can appreciate, they're not distractions neither. They're so no, they're doing their thing. You know, as men, as parents, as fathers but not being a distraction to postseason basketball. Yeah. Like, like I could assume a LeVar Ball would LeVar Ball could possibly possibly be a distraction. Absolutely. These guys aren't distractions. They're just there enjoying their sons and the competition because they're both playing at a high level, and that's yeah. cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, just, just to elaborate oh, on that, just to elaborate on that a little a little more, honestly, um, with LeVar Ball, like, like you said, like he kind of had that distraction feel at times, yeah. but what he was doing is he was getting his son pulled on the shows and himself pulled on the shows. These guys are just kind of chilling, at least to this point. They're just chilling. They're at the games. Uh, the media is coming to them at their seats in the stadium. Uh, it's not like they're trying to find themselves in front of the camera, or at least it doesn't feel that way. So uh, I'm yeah. with you on that. They, they, they're kind of distractionless. Uh, whereas LeVar Ball kind of seemed like he was the distraction at times. Um, but, yeah, Pelicans and Suns, they are also tied at two, Kelvin. Is this the shock of the postseason? Um, of course, the Suns haven't been exactly healthy, but is this the shock of the postseason with the Pelicans and Suns even at two? No, I, I would still go the shock is the Nets being swept. Okay. I, I'm not particularly shocked by what the Pelicans are doing. Uh, some injuries – the the Suns, I don't I don't know. They just look like a different team in their losses. Their their perimeter play, specifically shooting the ball, just hasn't been the same. Okay. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Payne, just haven't like I don't know. There's something missing. Jay Crowder, 
with those three that we saw last postseason and their losses. So I'm not I still think they have enough to win it. I, I think I can foresee the Suns winning the next two games, but they got their hands full with a Pelicans team that was amongst the best just to finish the season, the final 25 games of the year. It's a really good team. CJ really provided a lot to BI, who's who's on a tear. I forgot to mention him as one of the best players in this postseason. He would probably be my number three uh, prior to the Joel Embiid injury or a- after the Joel Embiid injury. Brandon Ingram has been on a tear. So their hands are full. I, I still do think, think they possess enough to win the next two games. Yeah, I'm with you. I think their hands are full. Um, and I think you make a good point. I think Boston ha- Boston sweep in Brooklyn has to remain the shock yeah. of the postseason. But but this is this is number two without a doubt. There's there's not a, a shock, any more of a shock really in, in the postseason in, in my opinion. Um, so there could be another one. I, I, my mind's turning here. I'm thinking of another one. There could end up being another one, um, but not right now. Right now this is, this is number two in terms of being shocked. Um, the Pelicans have been great. They've kind of they've kind of proved me. Uh, wrong told me I was speaking too soon uh, when we did do a brief NBA preview uh, the last time we talked NBA um, I mentioned that the Pelicans and Spurs the winner of that game was ultimately playing to get smacked by the Suns and I, I have been proven wrong they they are not getting smacked by the Suns uh, they are showing that they were worthy of a playoff spot so um, Pelicans look great but I, I, I'm, I'm with you too I, th- I think the Suns are easily capable of winning these next two but it won't be an easy task, and I can assure you that the Pelicans will be uh, pushing uh, to to try and send this send this series to seven, or even win this series themselves. So um, this this will be this will be a good finish to this series. Yes. Hey, the, the Pelicans willing winning this series? It doesn't seem that far fetched. It. I don't want to see it because I, I did choose the Suns to come out the West. And I still do think, regardless of the, what the Warriors have brewing, I still think the Suns are the best team. But, man, the Pelicans defeating an AC, just with all time. the Phoenix has going on, I, it doesn't – it just doesn't seem that fetch. They may be playing their best basketball, their best players playing his best basketball now. That It matters in the postseason when you when you start to play your best. If they, if they beat the Phoenix with their best – I wouldn't be all that surprised. How many times has an eight seed beat a one seed, or has it happened? We talked about it briefly before. I want to say twice in NBA okay. postseason history. Uh, okay. The one that I remember vividly living through, Golden State over um, an MVP, Dirk Nowinski. Yes. They took down the We Believe Warriors took down Dallas as a one seed. That's right. That's right. So so maybe the third time it's ever happened, if it happens this year, Um but yeah, just uh, they they are right there. They have themselves in position to certainly take this series. Um, but like like the Suns have their hands full. It certainly won't won't be easy for the Pelicans. They do have a benefit uh, that we'll cover later. But uh, it's it's going to be tough. Bucks up three one on the Bulls. Kelvin, they their game five is Wednesday night. Can the Bucks end it Wednesday night, or do the Bulls live to fight another game? I think they end it. I think Giannis, who's at the peak of his powers, his athletic <laughs> powers, um, and I think his peak is currently the best in the world. I think he's just too much to handle for the Bulls. They don't possess anybody who can guard him. 
He's been doing anything he wants, and they let one game slip through their fingers because DeMar DeRozan has been an MVP caliber player majority of the season, and he willed, he willed his team to win a game. Yeah. Um, but I think Giannis is just too much ultimately with or without Chris Middleton. Against this team, and this is a good Bulls team, they're too much. I think the Bucks ended tonight. Yeah, the Bucks are too much um, for the Bulls. Like you said, the one win came on a DeMar DeRozan. He ended up scoring 40-some that night. Yeah. Um, but the Bull, the Bulls really kind of came into this postseason kind of just dragging. Um, they, they were hot, very hot uh, throughout the early and middle parts of the season. Um, but towards the end, they really started losing a lot of games. Um, I think DeMar has one more, one more of those 40-point games in him. Maybe he does that Wednesday night. And uh, keeps it alive. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Bulls to 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 do the same as the Hawks. One one more good game out of them. I see them sending it to six, but I think it ends after that. So I'll, I'll take the Bulls Wednesday night. But after that, they're done. Uh, lastly, another three one series. Are the Warriors gonna be able to end it Wednesday night? They're up three one on the Nuggets. They will. I I shout out to the Nuggets. Unlike the Nets. It just shows some fight, you know, a determination yeah. to not get swept. You know, I'm, I'm, I think we're all, you know, people of ego uh, and pride. And, and the Nuggets just show some ego and pride. Like, hey, we're, we're just better than this. I know this is a great team, and they're beginning to click. And I know they're the darlings in what's hot and what's new heading, you know, four games into this postseason. But we got a little bit more resolve than that. We're not getting swept on our home court. That's not going to happen. Unlike what happened to the, the freaking Nets, okay? With all that talent yeah. <laughs> and that ability to put up all these points, all right? Shout out to the uh, the Nuggets for just fighting, man, and making it – extending it one more game. They yes. – it, it, yeah, it, it, ends <laughs> it ends tonight, though. Um, okay. I, I'm not going to get too, too much caught up in what the Warriors are doing because I don't think that highly of the Nuggets. Just don't. Outside of Jokic, they don't have anything, at least significant enough, to keep up with a Curry, Clay, Poole, Draymond. They just don't have them. They don't got the horses. On top of that, they, they do not play defense to save their life. All right? That's why yeah. they're in this 3-1 hole now. All right? Yeah. They don't play no defense. Um, they're without their other – you know, they're two and three guys. So, it ends tonight. And it's – hey, Jokic, who deserves a lot of MVP credit and credibility and talk, he probably won't get it, but he would be my MVP, dog. Because what he's done with this team alone is nothing short of magnificent. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if he gets it either, but he definitely gets gets credit. He deserves that credit. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think you're right. I don't think he ends up getting it. Um, and I'm with you. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. Warriors sweet – or not sweet, but end it, end it on Wednesday. Um we are recording this, of course, on Tuesday. So tomorrow night they will end that series uh, on Wednesday. That's their game five, and I think they end it. So, uh, again, uh, kind of just double down on what you said. Props to them. They, they didn't get swept. Props to the Bulls. They didn't get swept. Props to yep. the Hawks. They didn't get swept. All those teams, even if they get beat in game five, they, they won a game. And, man, look, it's tough to win an NBA series. It's tough to Hell sweep. Yeah. And it, it's tough to sweep an NBA series, um, you know, but – Hey, to, to hang on and win one of those games just shows, you know, that, that you were worthy. You had some fight and you won a game. So uh, props to all those teams who grabbed at least one win so far in their series. Um, up next, Kelvin, let's uh, NFL draft. Let's just kind of cover real quick 
what we want to do. I think uh, what we want our teams to do in this uh, upcoming draft. Uh, I think your team's a little more exciting coming into this draft because of the high amount of draft picks you have. You guys have plenty of picks. Do you think that you do you think you guys use any of those picks to trade up and gr- and grab someone early, uh, or do you think they will ha- kind of hang where they're at and and wait and see what comes uh, with their first pick? Yeah, you know, I that's why I'm not much of like a a collegiate guy in terms of just like the complete buy-in into the fan base and the pride and what it means to be a collegiate student athlete and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and I've said this to you about NBA in the, in March madness. I love March madness. Don't get me wrong, but I'm more concerned with the NBA prospects in March madness. I want to see how the next level talent performs at this level. So right. yeah, you're going to the NBA. Can you dominate at this level though? Can you lead your team? You know, what kind of resolve, patience, dignity, all of those, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more in tune with the prospects opposed to the team. With football, it's kind of the same way, uh, but there just seems to be like a thousand more prospects. So yeah. I, can't sit here, I can't sit here and tell you that I know what I want the Chiefs to do and to go target. I have no idea. I just trust that my GM and head coach will make the right decisions because I, I think they did great last in last year's draft. Um, all I can say is in terms of positions – Defense, if I'm the Chiefs, if, if I'm Brett Veach, which I'm glad I'm not, I go heavy on the defense. I got to keep up with the Broncos now. I got to keep up with the Chargers. I got to keep up with the Raiders. All right. they All three of those teams I just mentioned went to go get bigger horses. All right. I need to keep up yeah. with these teams. And all these teams have good quarterbacks, a Hall of Famer, uh, the, the next up-and-coming Herbert, and then just uh, someone I think highly of as just an NFL quarterback in Derek Carr. They're going to make plays. I need to go. I need. I need players who can prevent that from happening. I go heavy on the defense if I'm okay. the Chiefs. Okay, and so heavy on the defense. Um, round one. What if I? Because I, I, I've heard this. I've, I saw it in store. I've seen it in stories that we ran at the Dropping Globe. I've heard it. I've seen it on social media. How would you feel if? And and this is just a you know a, a scenario that that I've seen fans or uh, media say is is out there. How would you feel if the Chiefs trade up and take a wide receiver in the first round? Would you want that, or would you rather them sit back and grab a good defensive talent with, I think it's pick 13 that the Chiefs have right now? Yeah. How would you feel if they trade up a little bit, try and grab the best receiver uh, available in the first round, or would you rather them sit back, grab a good defensive player at number 13, and just let that – um, be your first round pick. What would you prefer? How would you feel about the receiver? All right. So at the receiver position, I'm I'm opposed to it, and I would not like to see the Chiefs trade up. Now, mm-hmm. if they did it, so be it. I trust that. I trust their instincts and mm-hmm. what they saw on tape from said player. I mm-hmm. would I would not want that to happen. Um, you have accumulated these draft picks. Might as well use them and, and gather as much defensive talent as possible. Now, if they traded up to get a top tier edge rusher or a top tier corner, I would be all for it in a heartbeat without, without mention or thought because uh, we do need help on the outside of covering Adams uh, and, and company from Mike Williams, Keenan Allen said, you know, so on and so on Sutton. We just need help on the outside. This is a passing lead. That's why I'm not too concerned with wide receivers. I think Patrick Mahomes 
at this next level has now, he now has to elevate to making players around him better opposed to re- just relying on the talent that is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So I would be opposed to trading up for a wide receiver, not for an edge rusher or a corner. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I stand with the Chiefs. The Broncos, yeah. though, you yeah, alluded right. to when you introduced the topic. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Broncos, I think, look, I, I think they're set at wide receiver. Um, I think they've got enough. Um, I don't think they need to go grab a top wide receiver. Um, you know, Jerry Judy's going to continue to improve. He's going to continue to develop. Running back, I think, is fine. Javante Williams was great last year. Um, I don't think they need to worry about grabbing a top-tier running back or an early talent running back, early round talent running back. Uh, obviously, they went and got their quarterback that they want in Russell Wilson. I think defense, I think just shoring up the defense. The defense is already good, but I think shoring up the defense, grab some early round talent on defense, maybe an offensive lineman. Um, offensive lineman would probably be all I would want them to go after early uh, in terms of offensive players. I don't think they should draft any other position early, not even tight end. You lost Noah Fant, but you have Albert O. Uh, you lost Noah Fant in the trade, of course, with, with, for Russell Wilson, but you still have Albert O. You still have um, – Oh, I'm blank on the other guy. Anyway, either way, you got some other you got some other tight ends. I think you're fine there. I would say offensive line is what I'm looking at, and because the offensive line was good last year, but you can always sure that up. You can always add depth at offensive line. So I would say offensive line and defense is what I'm looking for the Broncos to really target heavily. Um, specifically on the defense, maybe a safety to help Simmons out opposite of Simmons. Um, Simmons is great. He's he's a, a great talent, but maybe a safety just opposite of him. Corners are probably okay. You could always add a corner or two though, um, and I would be okay with them jumping onto an early early round corner, uh, even though they just did last year with Pat Sertan. I don't think it hurts to have that depth at cornerback. Linebackers is probably a weak spot. That's probably more important than cornerback and safety. Um, so may, maybe maybe linebackers, an early round linebacker, they they missed out on. Um, he's at Dallas uh, because they took Sertan instead of uh, this linebacker at Dallas. He was a rookie last year. Oh my goodness, we talked about him a lot on this podcast too. Oh my, can't think yeah. of his name. He's yeah. from Penn State. He had a great year last year for Dallas at linebacker. So they missed out on him last year. Maybe grab a linebacker early instead of grabbing um, anything else on defense. Defensive line's probably okay, but you can sure up any of those spots. But I would say linebacker and offensive line would probably be the two places I'm looking at more for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, see, if I'm the Broncos, you got you go offensive line because your new investment is a Hall of Fame quarterback, who I believe still has – uh, a boatload of juice left in them. Yeah, you have you have the weapons down the seam. Well, you you traded that away. You have the weapons on the outside at least. Yeah. Uh, but you have an array of those. You, you you know probably one of the deepest receiving corps in the AFC West probably is with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. You sure up the offensive line. You got a stud of a young running back that I think no. I don't. I haven't heard anyone say I dislike him. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I I yeah I'm with you. O line just to patch that up, make sure everything's secure. And I go defense. If I'm, you already have the most talented defense in the in the division. Double down on it and make it tougher for Carr, Herbert, and Mahomes. 
why yeah. not? You know, if, if I'm the Broncos, um, I, I wouldn't – you make the offense better because how can you not? But, man, you go hard on defense. For, forget it. Just go hard on defense. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Broncos. Offense, most important is offensive line. And then, and then other than that, just sure up anywhere you can on defense. I think linebacker is most important. You've got – yeah, you lost Vaughn Miller, um, but you've got uh, Bradley Chubb. You, you'll be fine uh, in terms of an edge rusher. Uh, sure, it doesn't hurt to have a second, you know, talented, great one to, to rely on. But they had some young kids come up and make some good, good have some good games. Um, I, when when Miller left, I'm drawing blanks on names because it's been so long since I've thought about football. But they had put they had a couple of guys who came up and had good games. Alexander Johnson, I want to say, is one of them. Um, but regardless, they, they've got some guys who can step up and, and, and take some of that uh, pressure off a of chub on the other edge. So um, I, I would I would be heavy linebacker outside of offensive line. As yeah, for my and, thoughts on the Chiefs, because yeah, I, I didn't really give you a roundup on the Chiefs on on how I felt. Um, but I think I think you're right. Honestly, I'll go even harder than you did because you were kind of you know you're just like yeah I wouldn't want that. Look, I think I think going receiver is not the right move for the Chiefs. Um, like you've already mentioned, you have Patrick Mahomes. Um, you trust him with whatever targets. Now, of course, if you and I were out there catching the ball for Patrick Mahomes, they'd be worried. But like whatever targets he has, you trust wait, wait, him. speak for yourself now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think I can go out there for one game, get you eight receptions for hundred yards. One game. All right, just one. <laughs> I think it would take you three games to get 100 <laughs> yards, but that's just me. Uh, no, look, hey, we're both six-foot athletic, six-foot tall or taller because I think you're a little taller than me, but we are six-foot tall and taller uh, men. Look, and we're athletic. I think we could go out there and catch a few passes, but does Patrick Mahomes want to throw to us for 17 games? No. Not at all. <laughs> um, but either way. No. Uh, I think you guys have enough talent catching the ball. Yeah, you lose Tyreek Hill, but you still have Kelsey. Uh, you still have some other good talent. Um, you know, Pringle left, but you still have Hardman. Uh, you still have Watkins, right? Or am I? No. What's yeah, the we, other? Yeah, Miko, Juju, MVS. As now, rec- one through three. Yep. Um, we got a receiving back in Clyde. We got the Hall of Famer in the Sims and Traff. You know, yep. I th- – the offense yeah. is fine. I, I just don't think you prioritize wide out soon. I mean, you know, early in the draft. That's me. Because I think you can find yeah. wide receivers from D3s to D1s to anywhere. So, yes. Yeah. And, and I just early, and especially trading up, I especially would not trade up. But early, yeah, I just, I'm out on, on taking a receiver at pick 13. I, I take a, an edge rusher, like you said. Something like that, some sort of big defensive talent. Uh, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not trading up, and I'm not targeting a receiver early on in the, in the draft. So, um, but but it doesn't hurt to go grab some receivers. Just don't do it early. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait a little bit. Get some of that talented defensive uh, guys coming coming in out of college. Get some of those uh, to help your defense out. And you know, you get you get one of those guys. Um, you get one of those guys that that can you know, play, play a couple of games and then be a centerpiece in game four, game five of the season, and then be a big help the rest of the way. So uh, I like the Chiefs going defense rather than wide receiver. Yeah, so I can't sit here and, and act like I can name you five, third round, fourth round, great wide receivers. Uh, maybe Wes Worker is the only guy that truly comes to mind. Uh, long 
Dublin, Adam Thielen, small university guys, small collegiate program players. Yep. They're, you know, yep. cranking out Pro Bowls year in the year. Cooper Cup is arguably amongst the best. I think you can just find premium talent deep in the draft at that position. You can't yeah. find that at corner and defensive end, okay? That's really hard to do. If I'm the Chiefs, yes, you trade up to get a Stingley, and that may be too high. You trade up to get a Sauce Gardner. I know that's way too high. Um, I just I, I try my luck at that position because I need it against Adams, Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Those guys, I mean, we've seen it. We, we both live in the same division. It's a bloodbath offensively. Like, it, it doesn't really come down to too many defensive plays in the AFC West. Who has yeah. the best quarterback? Can your quarterback go win you the game? In the AFC West, I think it will come down to that. I, I, give me the, the guys who stop the QB opposed who who help them. I need the edge rusher. Agreed. Agreed. Are we going back to ball? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Unless we got some other draft talk. I think, I think Devin Booker, this one I would like to elaborate on quickly. Devin Booker, who is presumably out for a few, for a few more weeks with the hamstring injury, uh, TV, your thoughts on Devin Booker being out? Does Chris Paul have enough in him? I know he had a 19-point fourth-quarter performance two games ago. I think that was game three. Does Chris Paul and company have enough to scave off a Pelicans team? Devin Booker's out for game five. I Certainly. don't know. I don't know if they have enough. I really don't. I It's maybe, maybe – they got to play defense is all I can think. Um, I don't see them going out and just completely lighting it up. There's going to be some guys score it well. Like you said, Chris Paul has had has had some good uh, – had a great fourth quarter and has had some good performances. But I just don't know if they've got enough firepower to go out and try and just – the Pelicans, you know, in the mouth and just beat them with the offense. I think they got to go out and play defense. I think they have enough to beat them. But I don't know if they have enough to outscore them and to just run past them. I think they got to play defense. They got to play smart. Uh, and Chris Paul has got to get down down to it and just lead, lead, lead his team, you know, in every facet, whether that's defensively, offensively, uh, just strategy, whatever it is. Chris Paul's got to lead these guys, and, and he's got to do it good. I mean, he, he they, they don't have time to mess around. I think if they go down 3-2, they're, they're in, in a big, uh, big, you know, Tough moment. I mean, obviously, you're one game away from being eliminated. They don't want to go down three two. They want to win game five. I don't know if they have enough, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say they do. Uh, and they and they go ahead and win game five. You go up three two, but it's got to come in other ways than just filling up the basket. Yeah, with with the Suns, Nikhil Bridges was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. What yep. the hell happened? Where did it go? Don't know. Because uh, Brandon Ingram has something to say about that. With <laughs> I don't know what, three straight games or 30 straight points. What the hell, McCarroll Bridges? Cameron Payne, who is, you know, he was out the league for a moment, got back in the league, so not known as a dancer now. He can actually play some ball. Where the hell happened? Where'd he go? All right. I did, uh, JaVale McGee and coming. DeAndre Aiden has actually played well. Now, his next step, this is a contract year, and what I want to see from him is, like, take another step. Maybe I'm asking for a bit much, but, you know, hey, Complete dominate. I, I, maybe I'm asking for Joel and B type performances, and maybe he's not capable of that. But if you can imitate that for one game, that would be the time. Uh, yeah. I did proclaim that this is the best team in the NBA heading into the postseason. They have, I mean, the best team and like in great spurts has been the Pelicans. 
And this Alvarado guy and this this rookie forward, this long rookie forward who was jumping out out the touching the ceiling last the last time they played. I forget his, I forget his name right now, uh, like Hudson or Herbert something. Um, they just I don't know their their role players are stepping up. Phoenix role players step up. Simply put. Yep, yep. I think that's a good point. Um, role role players have got to be huge. Um, Chris Paul's not gonna. He's not gonna be. He can score. He can get buckets, but he's not gonna be that same type of score that Devin Booker can be. And uh, he, he's gonna need help. He can. He can be the leader. He can be that guy because he is their guy. But um, he's got to have help. He's got to have help when he's dishing out the ball. You got to be able to knock down shots, like you mentioned, their three point shooting. It's got to take it to an, another level. I think yeah. um, when, when Chris Paul set when Chris Paul is setting up the teammates. They've got to knock down threes. Yep, that's all we got. Uh, lastly, let's let's cover before we got a couple minutes. Let's cover um, Toronto coming back. Let's just spec- specifically let's just specifically go over the comeback. Um, Philly was up three zero, man. I thought they were well on their way uh, to to a sweep. Uh, even as a Toronto fan myself, you know, Scotty Barnes had set out game two and game three. I thought. I thought Philadelphia was going to go on and sweep, win game four. I didn't think there was anything that would keep them um, from winning game four. And Toronto, with Scotty Barnes back, was able to extend it uh, to game five. And then they win game five, extending it to game six. Uh, Just what have you seen in this series? And, um, you know, just is this the first time we're going to see someone? What are the chances that we see it for the first time, someone coming back from down 3-0? I think there's. I think the chances are high, or increasingly high, or you know, okay. game seen. Uh, Toronto has great length and perimeter defense. When they when they go bigger, when they eliminate um, Fred VanVleet, and they go, you know, Barnes, um, OG, and Siakam, like that's great length, and they can just mm-hmm. contest. I think they're all good defenders. All of those guys are good defenders. Um, maybe great. Um, but they can just contest shots and just make it hard, okay? So I think outside of Joel Embiid, Philly lacks the depth and the perimeter scoring. I know Maxi has been that guy, the number two, but I don't I don't think he can carry you through a first-round series. I don't know if he's ready yet. So you just put that size, length, experience. Toronto's been there, done that. They're not shaken by a 3-0 lead. Maybe, yeah, maybe times are dark, but they're not shaking a rattle. They got a championship to prove it. Yeah. And, and no one is talking about how Toronto is just battle-tested. Been there, done that. We know what's up. Toronto has that. They're young still. They're feisty. Great. They're well-coached. They play defense. They're locked in offensively. If not, they weren't heading into the series. I think they're, like, gaining that steam offensively. Philly is in trouble. With a torn ligament in your thumb, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds hard to shoot a basketball with. Yeah. Philly's in trouble, man. Yep. I think, I think they are in trouble. Uh, and here's why. I mentioned earlier in the show that that uh, I was going to kind of come back to it, but I thought Toronto had already overcame the adversity that they had faced in those first five games. So game one, they they kind of got smacked around. I think they lost by twenty, maybe fifteen. Um, game two, they were closer. No, they weren't. No, no. Game two was was even worse. That's right. So they lost by fifteen in game one. Game two was even worse. I think it was near thirty point loss. Um, and they played game two without Scotty Barnes, like I mentioned. Game three comes. Toronto plays a very tough, close game in Toronto. Uh, they played a very tough, close game, but they fell eventually in overtime. Uh, Joel Embiid hits uh, an unreal turnaround three-pointer. 
uh, a shot that I don't think he'll hit again in his career. Honest to God, last second shot like that off of an inbound turnaround three. Joel Embiid, he's a good shooter, but he's not that type of a good shooter. That shot is probably not going to go down again. So Toronto fights back and plays tough in game three without Scotty Barnes. He returns in game four, was given a reward, and plays great, and Toronto wins to keep the series alive. Okay, cool. You know, you, you kept the series alive, but you're going to lose in game five is how it looks. No, no, sir. They go into Philadelphia. They play even better with Scotty Barnes. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, by the way, was injured in the middle of game four, and he stepped out in the second quarter. Uh, so he's injured in the middle of game four, steps out, does not play in game five, and Toronto smacks Philadelphia on their home court in game five to send it back to Toronto for game six. Look, I think they've already came overcome the adversity that they needed to to come back in this series. Now it's time for Philadelphia to answer back. Can Philadelphia answer back and avoid falling four games in a row? I guess we'll see. Like you said, the torn ligament, I think, is the big thing for Joel Embiid. I don't think James Harden has it in him. Uh, we've been hard on him before, and I'm going to be harder on him today, probably because he's going against my team. But gosh dang it, he better wake up because Joel Embiid needs him. And if he doesn't wake up, it's just going to be the same story as the Houston Rocks, Houston Rocket runs he used to go on and eventually get eliminated. They're going to lose this series if James Harden does not wake up because I think Toronto's already overcame their adversity uh, by battling through uh, Barnes's injury and now battling through Van Vliet's injury. Philadelphia is in more trouble. Up 3-2, they're in more trouble than Toronto is uh, because they've got to find a way to get the supporting cast of Joel Embiid uh, going again. Well put. I mean, again, I just said again, yeah, I don't think Maxi can just carry you through a first round series. That's Harden, we've been hard on him. I just don't know what more else we can say about Harden. He, <laughs> he's just going to do Harden things. Yeah. And I say that, and Harden things is actually magnificent. Harden yeah. things can also be just choking it away in the postseason. All right. Two things can be true at the same time. We'll see. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, good point about Maxi too. He's a great young player, great shooter, uh, good athlete. Um, but man, he, you know, kind of like Trey Young, you know, this, this is early in his career. He's early into, you know, trying to make runs with teams. Um, and you can't expect him to do it for a full series. He'll give you two, three great games, but you cannot expect him to be your second scorer behind Joel Embiid. James Harden's got to wake up. I think it's, I think it's on his shoulders to, uh, take some of that load off of Embiid while he's being ailed by the uh, thumb injury. That'll wrap us up, Kelvin. Uh, another great show. Glad to be back. Like I said, missing four episodes. It's always fun to get back and get back into the swing of things. We missed, we missed I think, about four days uh, of what would have been episodes over that time. So it's always nice to get back, and we hope to be back Saturday, correct, for our next episode. Yeah, Saturday. We will see you guys then. Thank you.